fuck, how do I start? Hello and welcome to Everyday A New Nadir, a podcast where Pete's health issues are a source of light entertainment. That will no doubt be a running theme for the next few weeks. Yep. Uh, I'm your host, Lee. As with me is, as usual, Peter. I should say, is uh, Pete. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're just going to get straight into it. Um, I've mentioned how you can get hold of us several times. Uh, I may repeat it at the end because, you know, switch things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to get into some housekeeping. So I think everybody, all our desperate li- uh, listeners, are curious to find out how your last trip to the doctor went, Pete. So how was it? Um, according to um, Dr. Calderari, Fabian Calderari, at the Montchoisie, uh, Clinique de Montchoisie, Lausanne, I am apparently in perfect physical health. All right. Um, which has come to a surprise to everyone, not least myself. Uh, but I, if you listen to this, that'll be good in the editing. Those are three pages. <laughs> we'll probably, we'll put, I'll put a picture up maybe on the Facebook thing page all right, yeah, of yeah. Uh, all the negative results for all the... Uh, you know Syphilis. things that yeah all, the, all that sort of, no well he did ask me so do you want to take have like an HIV test and that while you're there and I was like well it's all being done I was like nah so that could that could be there um, so you, do you have you've got a probably sort of 90% sure thing <laughs> of health rather yeah, than yeah. well he said he said basically because there's a stomach issue going on uh, he said uh, he said the gold standard would be for me to like have a colonoscopy now but he yeah. sees no signs of any kind of like inflammation from cancer or problems there's no problems in the gut so anyway uh, my the health of my bowels are no longer in question yeah and apparently I'm fine and fit uh, I'd be yeah amongst the first called up for military action uh, when when there's yeah when the Russians roll over Europe. <laughs> I'll be I, the I, first I, to go. I don't think that they would like to have uh, you know a pasty existentialist <laughs> fighting on the front lines. Or no, maybe but, that's the kind of the first person that you. But I would want someone free of Sapo virus, Rotavirus True. A, Astrovirus, <laughs> which I think our friend Sam would like enjoy that because it's like a space. Theme, astrovirus, incredible. Not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> and you speak. I'm just gonna look at astro. So apparently, yeah, I'm, I'm a very healthy man. Um, whatever's going on in my bowels is just, you know, that that's just what they like to do. Astrovirus is a type of virus that was first discovered in 1975 using electron microscopes following an outbreak of diarrhea in humans. Just to be clear. That came back negative. Just to be one hundred percent clear, we're talking about it, but it came back as negative. Right. And also, I don't have cholera either, um, which again is quite surprising. Oh, so with the, oh, this was just like a. It's everything. No, no, no. So it's like apparently I've got amazing kidney function. Right. Uh, top dollar kidney drainage or something, um, and my liver's great. Even though I had a couple of uh, pints of booze the night before, okay, it got good uh, liver results. The only thing that was, but the thing is, it's like, well, you know, I'm always sickly and stuff. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, your lymphocyte levels are a bit low. And it's like, uh, well, maybe that's the fucking reason I'm ill. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if I've got no white blood, so and he was like, oh, that doesn't really matter. They're just, they're just a bit below. Uh, but here it says result 1.28, whereas the value of reference is 1.50 to four. <laughs> 
So, well, 128 is quite low then, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, got a lot of folic acid, a lot of B12. He said, I've got high iron results, which is great, apparently. And you can see that from my ruddy, cheat, you know, few. Oh, well. Um, if, if, no said, if people out there wonder what I look like, I'm six foot three, uh, olive skin, uh, thick head, thick shock of black hair, and a beard, a very thick, you know, like very uh, hirsute. Pete, Pete, now I think we all know you're lying when you say you have a beard. <laughs> I'm very hirsute. I've got the car. <laughs> I've got back like a, you know, an Iranian carpet shop. <laughs> or whatever those places, you know. Anyway, right. so I've sort of the Scottish, the Iranians, uh, and who was the people the other time? Someone, I don't know. Americans? Oh, yeah, but that's a given. Anyway, so... Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. So, can we just um, have a quick update on, on something, our friend? Did you, uh, yeah, did yeah, you yeah, look yeah, at sure. the running order? I did, got, I okay. did, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, you can uh, give us the update on no, Matt's no. roof situation. Well, I don't have it open, so <laughs> for what I will say <laughs> is that thank you for, uh, to our thousands of listeners for all their uh, emails, tweets and phone calls to the special premium rate line we set up for hourly updates of our friend Matt's roof. Uh, the roof is now fixed. Well, I think it's actually been replaced. So Did, oh, I didn't realise it was replaced. I thought it It's been replaced. Oh, well, well, that's just, you know. Uh, so so there, there's a, there is a roof on our friend Matt's house. So that's great. Um, and I would just say all that we set up a uh, GoFundMe page which brought in thousands of pounds towards the roof's co- fixing costs. Eventually, Matt actually paid for those costs out of pocket. So uh, those funds have been set up, put into a trust under by my lawyer, Joe Leibovitz. To, <laughs> I thought it was John Leibovitz. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, he changed his name because so... <laughs> He's slowly changing his name, so his name is actually uh, John Thomas. Oh, I see. And but he said, you know, no one trusts a non-Jewish lawyer, so uh-huh. he changed his name to John Leibovitz. And then when I pointed out in the podcast that John isn't a Jewish name, he then went. He <laughs> he's gone and changed it by deed poll a second time. So now when he has to prove his identity on like passport applications, he has to show his previous identity, his previous deed poll, and then the current deed poll. Um, so yeah, I'm so sure you could like just convert to Judaism. I suppose you wouldn't. Uh, I think that's quite far to go. Well, I mean, well, I suppose if if a client said, "Look, can you prove you're Jewish?" He has to like yeah. drop his trousers or something. Uh, well, not if he was American, because you know. But that's anyway. true, actually. But uh, yeah, but um, what was I say? Yeah, well, actually, I met. I went to a synagogue. Was it last summer? A couple of summers ago, and um, well, you've only we, been to a synagogue a couple of years ago. Yes. All right. Okay. What do you mean? I, yeah. I'm, I'm. Hang on. No. I'm, I'm not. I was about to say I'm British. What? No. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm agnostic. No. So, no. I'm just saying, like, because you know, you you don't you like do the whole Sabbath no, thing with your no, uh, girlfriend's uh, parents. No. 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 So um, every Friday, uh, Nadia's family have Shabbat. Yeah. Which is just dinner, basically. Oh, sometimes I, I. Sometimes I go. Sometimes I go home out with good excuses not to go. So, um, uh, but no, no, sometimes it's nice, but I don't, you know, always want to spend Friday evenings with family. Anyway, but um, so I went once to a synagogue in Brighton because uh, it was a nice thing that I set up because I felt it would be good, yeah, for Nadia to be amongst her people. Um, 
because she didn't have a synagogue there because it was some sort of holiday or something and I went and stood there and felt very awkward while everyone sang in Hebrew and Nadia wasn't even singing so we were just standing there and you know so and, you know it's uh, a strange and an Irish Anglo-Irish guy agnostic who this is the sound of a technical difficulty yeah um so yeah, sorry. So so you don't often go to Jewish synagogues. No, I've been to one synagogue in my life, and I that see. was in 2015. And that was one of the hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there won't be many more times. But um, if I can avoid it, but um, yeah. All oh, right, interesting. But if, I, but if I was to have a child, the child would be expected to be. Jewish, if it was with Nadia. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> child with Nadia. Can you imagine if I just had a child, any child, suddenly. Uh, yeah, be especially Jewish. Um, no, uh, because it's from the mum's side. Yeah, which is something so, I've always found like quite a weird specification. Who knows? And so also that would mean my kid coming to me when I'm, uh, well, when the kid's like, you know, older, saying, "Why don't I have a foreskin?" Mm. And I mean, just being like, "Go and speak to your mum about it." <laughs> that must be like sorry sorry I did say because that would have to happen apparently oh, yeah. and there's no way around it and uh, you know I'm not really a fan of that but um, mm. you know it would avoid the argument and I, <laughs> so like when the kid says uh, you know I, haven't, I don't have any sensitivity in my penis I just have to be like yeah them's the breaks lad <laughs> I had to go to loads of bloody synagogue meetings and you know whatever so and then they love come out of it We've both come out of it pretty... Anyway, All right. this is going to get yep. me into shit, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, That's you know... satirical, obviously. We're, uh, we're, we're nothing if we're not providing a service for our um, significant others. Uh, yeah. f- providing ammunition for our significant others, I should say. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, we're going to return to our uh, Ask a Bastard section. Um, okay. Because uh, I think, you know, the fans have been missing that. Um, yeah. But uh, we first of all, actually, Pete, I want to ask you how and when did you learn to use a computer? Um, in two thousand and six, I got my first Dell. No, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, well, just like I remember using a BBC computer at school. Yeah. Did you ever like computer day. lessons at school? <laughs> and I te- well, well, you can laugh when I say this. <laughs> I, it, it, like, at high school, what yeah. you'd call high school, whatever, I had I, I had a one-armed IT teacher. Right? <laughs> so I've just realised that this may explain the fact that I didn't know that you capitalise letters using the shift key, because he yeah. may not have had a hand on the left side. <laughs> can, can, can we, can, wait, wait, sorry. The shift, <laughs> so shift gate, as, as yeah. it is known, was a... Uh, Pete complaining that his uh, shiny new Chromebook didn't have a caps lock uh, <laughs> in order to capitalize letters, not realizing. Yeah, I've never heard of the, yeah, sorry. Not realizing that uh, shift and pressing a capital le- and pressing a letter makes it a capital. Now, Pete is not a young man, but he's not an old man either. <laughs> so his entire adult life, he has not realized yeah, yeah. until recently that. You know, you press two buttons at one time, and you know it does fancy new things. Um, yeah, so very dexterous to, to. I'm now using the shift situation. I'm like in the shift world. I should hope so because 
that would but make sense. It's a sense. bit, you know, you have to. It's kind of you have to. You sort of. Well, if you're making a capital A, that's a bit of a claw movement. How is that I mean, a claw movement? Can you wait? Can you touch type with like just like? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sweet. But if I can do nothing else in life, is I can fucking touch type. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> but but surely that's the easiest thing because it's like your little fingers on the shift key and you. Ring finger. Yeah, but like, so, okay, but you, your little finger now has had like what fifteen years of like muscle development for that <laughs> movement. Mine's withered away. Mine's like just a tiny thing of you know. But surely, like what? But you must have been using it to press the caps lock. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Might have been the one, the ring finger. But anyway, but so this makes sense possibly. So I had this very strange IT teacher who was had one arm. Right. So for him hitting shift with his fake arm and then typing would have made sense because he probably he could he had no fingers to right. manipulate hold down shift and use another to do something else with. So I might have watched him use a computer. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I was obviously using a computer before that. I mean, you know, I had a, an amazing Viglin PC. Anyone anyone out any Viglin fanboys out there? Probably Matt. Shout out brothers and sisters. Um, is Viglin still around? I don't know. I've never heard of it, so probably not. So, you know, I was, I was using Uncarta 90... Whatever, 98, 95 or something. They release um, them every year, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, but that didn't mean we bought them every year. Oh, I see. Well, that's true. I remember my. I remember, although I do, and this, you know, this will give more ammunition to you, not to well, anyone. Is I remember my dad walking in on me while I was using Encarta like ninety five or whatever, uh, just looking up the um, the entry for sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the thing is, he didn't just sort of go. Okay, you know, like if I saw my kid. On his Vig, well, if he was on a Viglin PC looking at Cars 95 in 2031, I'd be fucking worried. But if he was just, if I walked in, he's using like Wikipedia and looked at, you know, sex or whatever, I'd be oh, okay, you know, like, it's good. at least he's getting it from a reputable source back then. It was a proper encyclopedia uh, and all that kind of thing. Hmm. But, but that, I mean, I don't really say it, but it's awkward, you know, it's a bit, uh, there was like a straight, it's like, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm looking at, like, the what the hell sex is, because I've pretty heard about it and sort of wanted to know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, like, yeah, it's strange. Mm. You, uh, yeah, know. you and computers. Um, you just... know, now, that's left me not in, a, in weird in any way, you know, I'm a totally normal person, but... Um, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the shift key thing, it could be from a one-armed IT teacher. I, I genuinely thought thing. you were going to say you got taught IT by a one-armed bandit. No. <laughs> no, but I think he was an ex-copper. Right. Oh, no, 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 he was in the military. Uh, and he had, I was about to say, because he, t- he had a tattoo on his arm for the paratroopers or something. Right. I, was about to, I was about to, I thought, which arm was it on? Well, I think it was on the real one. <laughs> The tattoo, <laughs> yeah, the tattoo. But that's perfect, actually, because if you have it on every day, then the arm, then the tattoo <laughs> would hurt when you had the tattoo done. Also, he drove a car. He drove a good car. He drove a better car than I've ever fucking driven. Um, and disability yeah, like and the wheel was like a uh, a sail, like on a boat. Oh uh, yeah, like it's a, got like a, actually like a ship yeah, boat. Yeah. You're not a bo- where you've got like a knob sticking out of yeah. it, and you're kind of. I mean, you know. Christ knows, but um, one day he could be dead now. <laughs> Let's hope he's not. Um, he, should know, he should have only been in his 60s or something. So, so 60s. So, oh, it's weird to think. If you listen to this, Mr. Coates, 
ex-teacher of IT to people. Um, we salute you for your um, military career. Thank you. As a, from a, as a part of the country. Was he like a, like a hard bastard kind of teacher? Or was he no, just a generally like just, nice guy? No, but you know you get two types in the military. You get like the hard bastards, like physically, and then like the mentally fucked. Yeah. And I think he was the he was like mentally odd. Because um, uh, some MRT lessons were just like looking at you know WWF websites and like deathclock.com and stuff. I don't remember doing anything IT wise. Um, anyway. No, because I already had. Um, so when I was in boarding school, where we you have like a, a house parent or housemaster. Um, that's like in charge of like the individual houses um, and uh, when I was 11 my uh, my housemaster was this guy little wiry guy called Mr. Green but he'd been in the army um, and he was such a fucking evil man I mean okay, okay he was, yeah, yeah. like it, you know he's an evil man to an 11 year old boy that was getting in trouble a lot um, but still, uh, it's like kids so you've got to think okay it's a kid getting in trouble it's a kid Oh, exactly. Yeah, this isn't like a 28-year-old like smashing up a fucking Polish community centre. <laughs> yeah, daubing swastics. It's like an 11-year-old being a dick. You know? but yeah, well, like exactly. Like, he, um, like if you got caught noi- making noise at night, he'd wake you up really early in the morning and make you go run around the cricket oh, no. pitch and do laps oh, no. around the cricket green. Um, that wasn't... That How do you nice. think your interactions of him have like shaped you as a person? <clears throat> um. Well, man, excellent at cricket. <laughs> you're, you're a no, cricket I, fielder. I don't. I don't like running so much. Um, okay. And uh, no, I mean, like, he probably wasn't that bad. Like looking back on it. Um. But oh, he was just like a. I mean, he was like he was sort of he had like leathery skin. He was like old and short and grey and bald and. Um, old people. Yeah. Exactly. Um. They are depressing, you know. But I mean, he's probably still alive, just sort of going around terrifying other children. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, so I think. I mean, if someone like what what is that career step from military and security forces to teaching young people? Mm. Like, I, I so because I went to um, a, like yeah, private independent school, so there was like no. It was like the wild west of education. Sense of <laughs> so it's a good school in some ways. In other ways, we'd have things where like. Uh, habitual liars were employed so for example <laughs> there was a guy I can't remember his name Mr. maybe Mr. Peterson or something who he claimed to be uh, he'd, he'd been in the Danish military they never sounded Danish never like spoke Danish <laughs> but I remember him explaining that why there's the S-O-N on the end of all the names in like Denmark and stuff but even that sounded suspicious because it's like you're not saying anything other than it's like Peter's son yeah, you know, well, and it, it's like, oh right, that's a bit obvious, maybe. So, didn't really, anyway. So, but that's he, actually why. Yeah, never mind. But okay, if that's correct, then fine. But like, so, um, be claimed to be the Danish, which is one of those things that if you like, I remember hearing, I don't know who it was, like Seinfeld, Charlie Brooker type person. If you're gonna lie, yeah, make it a massive lie. Yeah. So this turned out to be bollocks. And he wasn't in the Danish <coughs> military. I mean, I could probably Google it now, but I don't even know if Denmark has a military. Back then, people didn't have Google. But um, so he, he. But why would you claim to be in the. I mean, it's very strange. I remember once him taking me out of class. He was a history teacher. And perhaps. He was just a bloke off the street pretending <laughs> to have been in the Danish military. And my school employed him. And I think. Uh, I remember him taking me out of class once, give me a bollocking. And he did this thing where, you know, obviously, thinking now as a 31 year old man. 
imagine trying to stare out and make feel uh, small like a 16, 17 year old. Mm. That's pretty pathetic. So, but he tried to do that and I stared him out. <laughs> so at the time I was like, great, I've just st- out stared a military man. <laughs> now though, I know it was just some twat. Well, I mean, but I think no, like, uh, no, I mean, this, uh, this chap, Mr. Green, I mean, I reckon, like, I don't know, like, where he was stationed, but it must have been in Asia, because, like, yeah, he'd been in man. Asia for, like, 30 years by that <laughs> point, or something like that, um, or at least since Wait, the man. 70s, but I reckon he was actually, like, killing communists in, like, Malaysia Probably. and Indonesia or something like that, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was um, just a scary, scary man, anyway, yeah, strange. anyway, yeah, um, uh, what was I going to ask you? All right, yeah. So there's uh, news recently that um, Iceland's president says he would ban pineapple on pizza if he could. Uh, do you have yeah. any thoughts on that, Pete? How first of all, right. how do you feel about pineapple on a pizza? Right. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. A f- <laughs> I'm trying to think of something funny to say. No, um, I'm not a fan of yeah sweet foodstuffs with. Um, savory for fucking hell. Sorry, <laughs> we say cut that out. Just have it going from me saying it properly to what's it, and then start again now. So I'm not a fan of sweet and savory. Ergo, I'm not a big fan of Chinese food, for example, which right. might not be real Chinese food, but the Chinese food we get in you know the yeah. West or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, would I ban it? Possibly if people I don't like enjoy it. I mean, but <laughs> other than that. <laughs> If I was Prime Minister President, I thought it would piss off enough people within a wide enough net that that would involve some people I don't like. Do you think this is something uh, Jeremy Corbyn might add to his uh, next manifesto? Possibly. Like, for example, how do you target with something like that with all UKIP-type voters? Mm. Like, yeah. Or more like the BMP end of UKIP. So, I don't know, banning Carling? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ste- Stella, I think, yeah. Stella maybe yeah but Stella's okay I, I drink Stella I know you know that's probably not a good beer to you call people <laughs> it's not a good beer Pete it's fine it's not it's fucking I rank in Bel- I think in Belgium it's like seen as okay yeah and in England it's called wife beater <laughs> so you know. don't see the problem <laughs> um, do you think this is a, a case of the nanny state going too far um See, I don't really. So you know, there's a, like people ring up right wing talk radio complaining about the nanny state. Mm. But the moment those people become wealthy, they would employ a nanny <laughs> privately in their home. So if if a nanny state would come about, that's amazing. What are you gonna do? Come like clean clean my toilets, e- em- you know, uh, empty my bedpan of which I do partake. No, <laughs> uh, I don't have a bedpan. Don't worry. Um, yeah, like come and sort of yeah, d- dust my home. Yeah, if so, that's like sounds like in, in, you know you hear those stories and you never know how true they are. But in like place like Sweden, like some nanny comes along and you know changes the kids' nappies and looks after them half the time or whatever. Um, that, which if you're lucky, happens. that does exist because <laughs> <laughs> um, you could just go off for a, yeah down the pub for ten hours and you know, leave it to the nanny. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm fine. If a nan- nanny state takes over, that's great. So I can do nothing. They can clean the roads, clean my house, uh, think for me, even chew my food, and I'll just swallow the ends of it. Uh, fine, get the nannies in. Surely this is, uh, you know, we'll be all saying how much we love Big Brother at the end of this. Yeah. Mm. Well, not really. Uh, no, loving a 
yeah, an attractive nanny, 23-year-old <laughs> nanny from the Czech Republic. Or big brother. Or, well, if you're, if you're a heterosexual woman, they'd send in... Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you know, a few, t- about 10 years ago, I remember hearing about... Um, <laughs> roughly 10 years ago, I remember hearing about naked cleaners. Right. And this is a, this is a service that was mainly, I think, in London. And they would send, like, a, you know, a beefcake... Or a beefcakeette. I don't know what a female version of a beefcake is. They'd send an attractive woman to your to your house <laughs> who would clean... I don't know if it was fully naked or semi-naked. Right. Or, or both. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, the nanny state... Um, yeah, great. I don't want to be in a Hobbesian world of kind of me versus nature and man versus man and a dog-eat-dog sort of thing where if you bump into someone's car bumper, you're probably going to get a golf club around the cheek, the jowl. I uh, (laughs) was not remotely aware where this conversation was going yeah uh, yeah. um, anyway so what what do you think about the nanny state I I think the the use of the term itself is ridiculous Um, obviously says the man that's just eloquently gone on about why he likes the nanny state because of all the young Czech women I'm aware of I'm aware of you being being facetious I'm obviously being facetious. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't say uh, T as T in French, so that's why I'm scrambling that word. Oh, I see. I was yeah. not aware of that. Well, I guess I was aware of that, but I just never really considered it. Anyway, yeah. um, right. So we wanted to have a, a, a bit of a discussion <laughs> about something, uh, yeah. something mildly controversial. Um, your mate Joe Rogan's good mate uh, Milo. Yiannopoulos. Yeah. Who you don't really know who he is, do you? I know. Mm. I think I knew about him before the rest of you guys on our WhatsApp group. Uh, um, no, I knew, knew him. of him. I knew of him from when he used to I, write at the Colonel. I knew of him. I knew of him from fucking six years ago. I knew of him when he was just a glint in his father's eye. <laughs> um, no, he used to because yeah, he's a uh, he used to be um, I don't know the editor or something at the uh, this um, tech magazine called The Colonel uh, yeah. um, it's very strange isn't it because he doesn't really seem like a tech type yeah but he well, I mean he sort of more wrote about like tech and culture um, okay. which is really funny because um, there's a uh, in the archives of The Colonel you can find an article written uh, by him advocating for the banning of trolls on uh, oh, things wow. like Twitter which is just sort of you know such a wonderful irony um, yeah. and uh, you know and how he's what he got banned from Twitter like six months ago or something like that yeah, um, yeah. and people saying it's just done him good really isn't it I mean that's well I mean I think like he, he's just sort of, well this is the thing I mean like he's sort of held up by the you know quote unquote alt right as being this very in your face free speech blah 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 nonsense man um, when essentially he's just literally like an attention seeker, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm not entirely sure. Like why people seem to think he's saying something. Like, you know, maybe okay. Occasionally he will say something that you're like, well, there's, you yeah, might like have edgy. a point. Yeah, well, it's like edgy. It's easy, or, but it's easy if you sort of use the word fag. It's not edgy. It's like it's just pretty 
tame in the sense of uh, it's not a nice word to use. Mm. Let's say you were, actually a good better example is pretty like retard, which has been claimed by alt writers, which mm. we should just call Nazis really, mm. New Age Nazis. Uh, um, they say that libtard. But would they go up to someone in the street and call them a retard? Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have the bottle to do that for good reason. Yeah. So I think a lot of politically correct language and stuff has become a little bit problematic. But it was it beca- it was born out of the fact that we didn't want to have people using you know, derogatory words for ethnic minorities, sexual minorities, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was a good. There was good reasoning behind it, but in some ways it became fairly stifling. So you'd see this difference when you go and watch, like um, like when you watch American comedy, it can yeah. sometimes feel like to a British person like a breath of fresh air. So for example, if you know, someone like uh, who's on TV said some of the things that Louis C.K. does or Doug Stanhope and all these kind of people, like Chris Rock, if they said something on a like BBC Live at the Apollo, I mean, the whole show would get shut down. The Daily Mail would be going nuts. It would be a massive controversy. Whereas yeah. in America, it's like people would complain. That's fine. Or they'd turn off. But uh, there wouldn't be a thing about, you know, should people be allowed to say this or not? Which well, I, mean, I, I think, think is problematic. I think there's like a wider debate about, you know, when people complain about free speech or say like, oh, my right to say this is free speech. But the people that do sort of make an issue, particularly, you know, the, the right wing, that mm-hmm. you know, if you consider, um, what was it like? Uh, what am I thinking of? Oh yeah, when um, Jeremy Corbyn didn't uh, bow deeply enough, or, uh, yeah. or some fucking something ridiculous like that, and the Daily Mail, oh you know, yeah. this is terrible. He's like he hates Britain and all this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And he should like, and there, there is this sort of underlying perception that he shouldn't be allowed to say the things that he does. Um, yeah, because well, that's um, really actually a challenge, isn't it? It's a system. Corbyn's mm-hmm. like a challenge to yeah. reality. The real someone like Milo is just sort of challenging. I don't know, uh, co- like LGBTQ people's right to feel comfortable or something. I don't yeah. really know what he's challenging. Yeah, I mean, I think like because um, uh, so I was reading an article, uh, which you know it was in the Guardian, but you know I will um, try to gloss over that fact. But it it it, it made a, an interesting point that. Um, I'm just going to quote the Guardian from now. Um, so the University of Sus- the University of Sussex was in a, a strange and quote meaningless brouhaha uh, a week and a half ago, where the uh, Center for Conflict and Security Research held an hour-long informal meeting called "Dealing with the Right Wing Attitudes and Politics in the cl- in the Classroom." Despite the fact this meeting quietly passed without consequence uh, and was attended with by just ten or twelve. Uh, junior faculty members and PhD students, it found its way into no fewer than three articles in national newspapers as an example of free speech under threat. Um, the Daily Mail, that bastion of sensibility, um, uh, m- note, uh, quotes a student that said that, that a poster for this meeting had been affixed upon the door for all to see. Um, but sort of this idea that you can discuss something and somehow it's becoming... Um, dangerous to discuss the idea that there are right-wing and xenophobic attitudes and so on mm-hmm. and so forth um, in a particularly in a place like Sussex which is quite a lefty hippie university yeah, yeah. Um, that that's somehow restraining free speech when the idea that discussing something is simply just speech in and of itself um, okay and I find that yeah I think, yeah 
Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 a debate about what is acceptable speech. Um, you know, and I mean, yeah, you can be controversial and blah blah blah. And most people won't pay you any attention. But you know, I mean, like my like the Milo Yiannopoulos thing is that he goes out of his way to be controversial for no apparent reason, which is yeah. what I find quite strange about him. I mean, it's like he he is the, like the epitome of someone that's being shocking for the sake of being shocking. Yeah, you know, like totally. someone like Howard Stern, He's for trying example. Trying to get attention, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, someone like Howard Stern, for example, did exactly the same thing. Did a, mm-hmm. did a lot and said a lot of controversial things and made a name for himself. That's literally all this guy is doing. Um, I think the thing with Howard Stern is that you would like probably have a go at like anyone and everything. Yeah. Whereas Milo's targeting like the weakest groups, you know, and I say weakest, yeah, in terms of like the most, um, yeah, the groups with the least sort of social powers, collective groups mm. that, you know, he can. And so, you know, he's, he's very clever in using the fact that he's gay, Jewish, of Jewish background, and you know, like has black boyfriends. If you ever, if he's ever charged of racism, yeah. he says, "Oh God, you know, I'm always like, all my boyfriends are black." And it's like, yeah, slave drivers, <laughs> would, you know, fuck all their slaves, black slaves. It's not really like you know, sort of an equality push on mm. your part that you sleep with gay men, uh, black men, or whatever. Uh, so he's very clever at doing that. And actually, yeah. one thing with Milo is that I've always like, those appeared where I kept watching his videos on YouTube because I was like fascinated by like the way he because he's obviously a very clever guy intellectually. Yeah. He's just spouting nonsense, and there's there's a tiny kernel of truth in terms of like his attack on some forms of uh, political correctness. A tiny kernel, which mm. is why he has the platform he has now because there is some truth in it, I believe. Mm. But it's it's the way he's doing it is pretty abhorrent, yeah. and. Um, and I kept wondering, what is his weakness? Like, because he's very clever. He he kind of, you, you know, so if anyone would stand up at university and these talks he'd give, you'd watch the videos and he'd be out knocking them down because he's more coherent. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's not necessarily that he's clever. I think he's just very, very eloquent. And I think that is... Yeah, he's eloquent and he's, and he's confident as well. Yeah. And he's, I mean, you've, uh, I don't know, you know, you've probably met people. He's very British in the sense that there's this British, like, upper middle class of people we see him on like when he used to be on Sky News a lot and I was just thinking man I went to like you know I know people I've known people like that where there's this I don't know this sort of way of being where they're sort of born into the upper echelons they're not right at the top but they're kind of born so they have this confidence that they exude because they are sort of you know generally looking down on everyone else sort of socially and uh, but there was an interesting interview of him with Bill Maher like a Mm. week or two ago and Bill Maher's bit of a dickhead on a lot of things mm. um, sort of you know as 50-50 he's like very funny and clever on some things total prick on others yeah. uh, but he, I haven't seen Milo squirm as much as when Bill Maher said he looked like Borat uh, uh, Bruno <laughs> Bruno yeah <laughs> he looked like Bruno and, and so Milo was like, and he actually saw genuine shock in, and like so Milo thinks he looks awesome like and this is clear that this oh man it's literally just his looks that is his weakness mm. like his looks and his appearance and the outer world and that was quite interesting to see man that's like that that's the one time i've seen him someone land a blow on him yeah. something that's like shouldn't really 
you know worry him too much in that it's but then you look at stuff on his instagram on like his videos and he is like it's all about you know he always tries to look you know good or whatever um and that was quite interesting to see bill maher sort of lay a punch probably the first time i've seen anyone do that in any forum yeah forum, i mean forum. bill maher's quite an interesting guy like i find i i quite enjoy watching bill maher there are some things he says that wind me up and yeah, he's got like he's obviously Islamophobic and he's uh, massively anti-Palestine or pa- and or Palestinians, or if not that, he's a massive like hawk on Israel's side and he always is apologist for every uh, Israeli incursion into you know Gaza and West Bank like to to a level that's just like Christ Almighty. Yeah, um, I mean, but this is the thing. I mean, I used to watch him when he was on, I think it was ABC, um, when he yeah. did his show Politically Incorrect. Um, which he uh, he got kicked off because he was like, oh, why are we surprised that America's been attacked after September 11th? Um, and that was obviously uh, a step too far, particularly at the mm-hmm. time. Um, right, okay. But I mean, I that's think... That's the with thing with him. And that's the thing with freedom of speech generally. So Bill Maher epitomizes, I guess, the fact that if you're going to have freedom of speech, he is going to sometimes say things that you agree with that a lot of other people won't say, especially yeah, on yeah. TV. Cause yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, me and you, you and I might say it over the phone or something, but obviously he's saying that on TV. So when he says the comment about 9-11, he's going to possibly take shit for that. Yeah. Whereas... But also, the other side of the coin is that he's going to say, you know, pretty abhorrent stuff about Muslims. Um, And I don't have a problem with him saying some of those things as as long as he's pulled up on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 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 his his show can be really good, and it can also just be a complete clusterfuck of people just arguing for no. Which is, I find, like, quite symptomatic of American... Yeah, like totally. talk shows where or not talk shows but shows like discussion panels where there's no real discussion there's just lots of people shouting over uh, yeah. one another which is not like you don't really get anywhere I mean it may be cathartic in, in some sense but, yeah yeah um, well the cathartic side of it is definitely so this is this obviously translates here as well where all these shows like John Oliver The Daily Show all this kind of thing it's just this total spectacle for people you know liberals and left wing people in the US and over here mm. where they can kind of let off some steam by John Oliver shouting at screen and nothing happening from you having done that yeah. um, so after Brexit vote or in the lead up to Brexit vote I think John Oliver did the thing on Brexit yeah. and you know you've got all the, and I, you know it's funny and it's interesting sort of thing and and um, yeah, then you got all these you know middle class uh, British people sort of sharing that around, listening to a multi millionaire comedian sitting in a yeah air conditioned stu- HBO studio uh, in LA, telling us telling people in like Stoke because that's what he is doing in a way mm. uh, why they are idiots or would be idiots for voting for Brexit, and it's no. a bit like. What you know? Don't worry about this. Yeah. So basically, you know, after nine eleven, everything. You know, John Stewart and the Daily Show epitomised this kind of sort of like a final bastion of like um, sanity. Yeah. In popular culture in America, but what did it come to? It still led to you know, still obviously all the millions of deaths going on and uh, you know all the worst. But I mean, but I think that's, that's you need it. But still, it doesn't. I think too many people are just thinking, oh, I'll sit and watch this and make me feel better. I do it as well, whether it's yeah. films, TV shows, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I think like particularly like when uh, when John Oliver does um, some of his more uh, very like sort of quite specific topics. Yeah, on, focused. Um, 
I don't know, for example, when he did the one about like police when they confiscate things that they end up selling them and making money, using it to make <laughs> yeah. money and fund the departments and so on. And so, on. Um, like it's like it's like while there is entertainment and you know you're very much an idea of oh you know like left wing fist pumping and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I do think it's important that yeah, issues yeah. like that are discussed and brought to engaging way yeah yeah exactly i mean like it can be shared around easily as well and i know it sounds but like if you're that might sneak into like if facebook worked as an actual information service or google even and they didn't just try to show you yourself in the mirror every day i.e you know put you in a bubble of content bubble yeah uh yeah that might and it still probably does even despite that those videos and little rants that might just just make it into someone else's newsfeed who you know like wouldn't have thought about it otherwise or yeah there's a good one like from last yesterday the day before about Obamacare yeah um it's a good example of uh yeah that kind yeah. of thing I mean I think that um you know this is one of the reasons why I used to like reading the uh the economist I just don't read it so often anymore mm. but I I liked reading it because they would do these these sort of short articles on yeah, quite yeah. specific very sort of unknown topics all over the world, like not just in like Britain and the UK, but in say like Russia or Singapore or somewhere like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, on that note, I think it's a good place to end there. Yep, Lee's got an appoint- important appointment down at the police station. <laughs> you got to get that tag off. Yep, um, it's about time. So, yeah. Uh, Right. Thank you for listening. I don't know. Well, I don't know why I've decided to wrap up, but or yeah. you can. I don't. Uh, well, you can you can attempt to, and then I can come in and say. I'll that. try. Yeah, I'll pre-wrap and then you wrap. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, actually, it was better if Lee did it because you remember all the Twitter stuff. I don't know if you want to do that. Was it yeah, at uh, EDNN Podcast One? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at EDNN Podcast One, uh, Facebook.com slash Everyday Nunadir. You can email us at ednnpodcast at gmail.com and you can find us on SoundCloud at Everyday and Unidea. And uh, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. Leave a com- Oh, we're on iTunes as well where you can leave a comment and tell us how great we are. Yeah. Um, like all the others have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of reviews it takes us a while to read them so yeah, exactly. you know, keep no. it short if you can. Next time we'll read out uh, the best reviews. <laughs> of right. Matt's roof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we'll put a right. picture up actually of Matt's roof and you can people can let us know what they think. Yeah, actually I think with that's his permission. A, that's obviously. Alright, um well that's uh that's enough from us and uh cheerio. Thank you. Bye. Bye.